A terrific Tuesday to each of you, and welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are, wherever you're listening, or wherever you're watching, you are having a terrific start to your Tuesday. In this episode, Jaron Jackson Jr. becoming a more resourceful scorer, the continued improvement of Zaire Williams, as well as a preview of the Grizzlies matchup tonight as they head up north to face the Toronto Raptors, how the Grizzlies can get a bit of revenge from last week. That and much more on this edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Let's go. <laughs> Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, can't thank you enough for joining us here on the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. You can find the show at Locked On Grizz on Twitter, myself at StatsSAC right here. You can find the podcast free wherever it's available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you choose to listen to podcasts, that's where we will be. And of course, you also can listen, review, subscribe, and also watch us right here on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button below. Let's others know that you enjoyed the show. Let's us know that the show overall is getting the best experience it possibly can be for everyone who wants to enjoy it. My name's Sean Coleman, credentialed media member with the Grizzlies, have been covering the Grizzlies now for four years. Your host here at Locked On Grizzlies, your Grizzlies every single day. Of course, I want to remind you and want to thank you for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day. Make sure to check out the Locked On NBA podcast for your second listen of the day as well. So the Grizzlies, well, in yesterday's episode, we talked about when it came to the Grizzlies, how impressive it was for them to get the victory like they did against the Raptors on Sunday without John Morant. And it was a collective effort. The defense arguably played its best game of the season. But overall, it was also the offense that really stepped up. And Dylan Brooks has certainly been impressive offensively when it comes to his overall game. Desmond Bain is having a breakout year in terms of his production. But the player that many rightfully are looking at when it comes to really stepping up in the absence of John Morant is Jaron Jackson Jr. And though Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks may have stood out more in that game against the Sacramento Kings, I think that Jaron Jackson Jr. had a very quiet but productive 17 points and 9 rebound performance in 22 minutes against the Kings. Of course, he didn't have to play that much with how much, you know, with how big of a lead the Grizzlies produced. But a big thing that stands out for Jaron Jackson Jr. is that I think 20 games into this season, first of all, it's great for the fact that he's remained healthy. He's played in every single game. The Grizzlies have not really had to worry about limiting his minutes on it or everything like that. Playing more of the five, he's shown consistent improvements in his rebounding rates, the ability to decrease his fouls, Obviously, the combination of three-pointers and blocks makes him one of the more unique talents for his size in the league. But for me, while Jaron Jackson Jr. may not be where many of us had hoped he would be 20 games into this season, he may not be at the consistent high level or performance that we had hoped to see at least on offense, I do feel like we also have to remain fair, at least you know, in terms of my perspective, in that there is a bit of acknowledgement when it comes to the fact that he's becoming a more consistent resourceful score. And that's a start to bring consistency to his offensive game. 
What I mean by that is this, is that the first 10 games of the season, especially at the first of the season in October, more than half of Jaron's shots were coming from beyond the three-point line, and they weren't falling. There were a few, there were several games where Jaron Jackson Jr. just had a bad shooting night because he was taking more threes than twos, and his three-point shot was falling. Unfortunately, the two-point shots weren't falling as well. So Jaron was settling for trying to hope that the three-point shot would go in. And if that wasn't, it almost at times was if he was a non-factor scoring. I think that is a fair assessment when it comes to the start of the season for Jaron Jackson Jr. In fact, in his first 10 games of the season, Jaron took 55% 55 of his shots from three and 45% from two. Overall, he was shooting 36% from the field, 37.5% from two, and 34.8% from three. And that just simply was not a productive manner of Jaron Jackson Jr. being the reliable scorer that the Grizzlies needed him to be. Yes, Desmond Bain and DeAnthony Melton, with their hot starts to the season, they made up for it a little bit. They made it less of an issue that Jaron was not getting off to that successful of a start. But the thing about Jaron Jackson Jr. was that, yes, you want him shooting those threes. You want for him to get six, seven, eight threes a game. But the key is is for him to also balance that out by making smart, decision, smart decisions and exploiting opportunities to get into the lane and make two-point shots by using his body as an advantage. That way he can remain consistent as a scorer while also improving his resourcefulness as a scorer. Well, thankfully, we're starting to see indications that that is exactly what Jaron is doing. Again, remember, 55% of his shots in the first 10 games of the season were threes. 45% for were twos. And he shot just under 35% from three and just under 38% from two. Well, now let's go to the second 10 games, the, the games 11 through 20 of this season. Jaron Jackson Jr. flipped the script. In the first 10 games, again, more than half his shots were threes. But this time, over the past 10 games, actually 60% of Jaron's shots have been from two and only 40% have been from three. The reason why Jaron did this was so that he could get some type of consistency going with his scoring. He could find a way to remain he could find a way to remain at least somewhat reliable when it came to his ability to score, even if his three-point shot was not falling. And yes, his three-point shot, he's averaging two threes a game, but on 33% shooting, he's not found his stroke as of yet from three. But in the first 10 games again, when it came to shooting two-pointers, Jaron Jackson Jr. made 37.5% of his two-point shots in the first 10 games of this season. But in the last 10 games, He's made nearly 52% of his two-point shots. And he also has increased, significantly increased, the amount of two-point shots he's taken per game. The reason why Jaron Jackson Jr. is continuing to evolve as a player who can create his own shot. He's becoming more aware of the different ways he can use his body to be able to be productive within the arc either posting up against smaller players, taking bigger players off the dribble, getting into the lane on the run, what have you. Jaron Jackson Jr., about midway through, the about the 10th or 11th game or so of this season, he finally realized that there is a big advantage in his size, and because of that, he was able to make the most of his opportunity to get into the lane and score. And he is in, in numbers who continue to be even more impressive as time has gone on. For instance, over the past five games, Jaron Jackson Jr. has actually made 55% 
of his two-point shots. So the consistent improvement of Jaron Jackson Jr. being in, getting into the lane and using his body to be able to get those two-point shots to fall, that is creating a consistent base for him to build off of each and every game. And over the past seven games, in five of the past seven games, Jaron Jackson Jr. has scored 15 or more points. In the first 10 games of the season, he was making around 38% of his shots. Over the last 10 games, Jaron Jackson Jr. is actually making 44% of his shots. So yes, Jaron's overall offensive production is not where we hope it eventually will be at some point for a good stretch of this season, but it certainly has improved. And the reason why is because of Jaron's awareness as well as his resourcefulness. And another big key about Jaron focusing more on getting into the, into the lane, making shots close to the basket is that another byproduct of those shots not falling is Jaron Jackson Jr. getting fouled. He's shooting 90% from the free throw line this season. In the first 10 games of the year, he was averaging four free throws a game. Over the past 10 games, he's averaging nearly six. So again, Jaron Jackson Jr.'s awareness his confidence, and his resourcefulness as a scorer to balance out his elite talent when it comes to shooting three at his size, but also using his size as a way to get into the lane to get high percentage looks. That balance, that resourcefulness has certainly improved as time has gone on, and it's allowing for Jaron to be a more consistent scorer now, even if his three-point shot is not falling. If obviously he could find his three-point stroke, we are starting to see the combination of an approach that could start to average 18, 19, 20 points a game. And that certainly would be a great development with John Morant out for the foreseeable future. But while we talk about the player who may be the most important to the Grizzlies' success when it comes to the month of December and without jaw, another player who could benefit the most from additional minutes being available is Zaire Williams. Yes, it's been a struggle to start the season for Williams, but there also are incremental improvements for the Grizzlies' prize rookie when it comes to his approach to the game. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But before we get to that, another thing that I want to talk about is this, is that when it comes to you constantly looking at social media, constantly being on your phone, you know, we all do that on a daily basis. And when you do that, you find opportunities, you find offers that you love to look into. You want to try out these free trials. But do you know that why free trials were new without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. They just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted descriptions, subscriptions in one tap. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash locked on MBA. It can save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash locked on MBA. Of course, we want to thank you for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day. On tomorrow's Locked On Grizzlies episode, we'll recap the game tonight against the Toronto Raptors and also look at a December schedule for the Grizzlies that does include many winnable games, but also some very important division games, especially two early December matchups against the Toronto Raptors within a few days of each other. That and much more on tomorrow's edition 
on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. So we've talked about several players consistently on Locked on Grizzlies. John Morant, Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, DeAnthony Melton, Jaron Jackson Jr., among others. And the reason why is because obviously they are the ones that are the most active, the most productive, the most impactful on the Grizzlies' success. But one player we've not talked about that much, to just be honest, there's simply not been too much to talk about, is Zaire Williams. Listen, we all, when it comes to the Grizzlies, are a bit lucky. I think that we become, you know, very lucky to see a few players like a DeAnthony Melton or a John Conchar or a Xavier Tillman, some of the Kyle Anderson, some of these reserves that across the board, they're magnets to the basketball. They have many different ways in which they can impact the game with their skill sets. Well, right now, that's just something that's not part of Zaire Williams' game. And that's not necessarily meant to be a negative. It's just because of the fact that it always was going to be the case with how raw uh, Zaire Williams' skill set was transferring from the college to the NBA game. However, even though, even though Zaire Williams' statistics do not stand out, and I'll be honest, if you look at his statistics, you certainly would see more struggles than success. But that doesn't mean that if you pay attention with the eye test, that Zaire Williams is just staying stagnant. He's not improving. That's not the case at all. And the game yesterday against the Sacramento, or excuse me, on Sunday against the Sacramento Kings showed good proof of that. Zaire Williams is someone who has taken a lot of threes so far in his NBA career. And that is what the Grizzlies have wanted him to do. They wanted Zaire Williams to hopefully find his stroke from three. He's not yet been able to find that, but they wanted him to get comfortable with reps when it comes to shooting the three, because that's certainly a role that he can fulfill for this team next year, this year and into next year as he gets started with his career. But against Sacramento, I just talked about with Jaron Jackson Jr., the different ways to score, the resourcefulness of scoring. I've talked about it with Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, and others as well. We saw that on display when it comes to Zaire Williams. When you look at where he was at the first of the year versus where he is now, you're starting to see some good offensive nuances. You're starting to see Zaire Williams become more comfortable with his talent against NBA defenses, being able to move off the ball to get open as a cutter, or being able to move off ball to get in a favorable matchup where if he gets the ball, he can exploit that matchup, creating his own shot, either from the mid-range or finding his own shot by being able to react to the defense and landing in a soft spot to shoot the three. Being able to, if he has the ball, make the right pass, being able to create a little bit, some playmaking skills as well. The, the frequency of those things happening now versus a month ago, they're happening far more often now when Zaire Williams is on the court versus when he was on the court even a month ago. And that's certainly something that's good to see. But a couple of things stand out about Zaire Williams that are certainly encouraging. Again, they're in small sample sizes, but they give a little bit of a basis for Zaire Williams to potentially build off of for him to more consistently find success as he moves forward. For one, Zaire Williams is 14 of 20 on shots at the rim or within 10 feet of the basket. With Zaire Williams' size and also his you know, continuing maturity in terms of his NBA IQ, his ability to finish 
was certainly something that was viewed as a concern in pre-draft scouting reports, and rightfully so, with his lean body, as well as is, is the ability to know how to use his length that's still a work in progress, there was some concern that Zaire William would have a tough time as a finisher. But him being 14 of 20 to start out his career certainly is encouraging, especially when you consider how much the Grizzlies have wanted to emphasize him shooting the three. If he can become confident with some of those threes starting to fall, you then have a type of profile that Taylor Jenkins has really emphasized. A player that will shoot the three, but also can have success getting in, getting to the rim, balancing out high percentage looks near the basket and also converting high percentage looks from three. But the other thing that stands out about Zaire Williams is that he's 15 of 33 on first quarter shot attempts, 45%, which is pretty decent compared to his shot attempts in the rest of the game. The reason why that's important, if you go back to, I believe, probably the seventh, eighth, ninth games of the season, two games in a row, Zaire Williams made three threes in back-to-back -back games, and he did it early in the game. He really provided a big surge for the Grizzlies off the bench to help them continue with very good starts to games. That's something that really stands out. That is where we could really start to see Zaire Williams, gain, Zaire Williams gain some consistency and have an impact when he's on the court is him starting out games by shooting the basketball well or getting a few buckets. It not only benefits the Grizzlies because it allows for their bench to be able to benefit the starters, but it also gives Zaire Williams confidence to know, hey, I'm finding the right shots. I'm converting the looks that I'm getting. That will allow for him to have the confidence to continue to do that more consistently throughout the game. So offensively, early starts for Zaire Williams, but also once he finds his three-point shot, early indications that he also is, is perhaps more of a, a creative finisher than we thought he would be, those are certainly some starting points that we are seeing happen more often now versus at the first of the year. But of course, offense is certainly the thing we're going to pay attention to the most because of Zaire Williams' immense potential on that end of the court. Defensively, Zaire Williams also is continuing to improve. There's less instances where he either seems lost or seems confused or just seems beaten by an older player, by a more mature player. He's making better reads. He's doing a better job of making sure he limits his chances of fouling. He's doing a better job of staying in front of his man. He's doing a better job of knowing what coverages and rotations to run and reacting to what the offense throws at him. Again, the numbers are certainly going to remain negative, and that was always going to be the case with how much with how much Zaire still has to develop. But the fact that he, it seems like every single week, is getting better is the thing that the Grizzlies wanted to see. And I think that it's very good. And I agree with others who have said that Zaire Williams playing 15 to 20 minutes tonight, yes, it probably has contributed to the defense being worse than many had hoped it would be. But the fact that the Grizzlies have consistently given him the minutes to play at the NBA level, making him a consistent part of the rotation, it's starting to pay off. We're starting to see Zaire Williams become a more a more mature player and a better player at the NBA level because he is a quick learner. So yes, the numbers are certainly a work in progress. There's not much to you know ride home about or get excited right now when it comes to his numbers. But if you look at the tape, and especially if you consider where he was a month ago versus where he is now, there's clear improvement on Zaire Williams' end, and it certainly seemed the Grizzlies are going to continue to trust in him for 15 to 20 minutes a night to go out and produce. And if he can have games like he did against the Sacramento Kings more often, it's just going to add more depth 
to a team with the Grizzlies who need as much depth as possible right now when it comes to John Morant. Because contributions for everyone, just like we saw on Sunday against the Kings, are going to be very, very key for the Grizzlies to get a bit of revenge tonight against the Toronto Raptors after losing to them last week. We'll preview that game in just a moment. Before we do that, though, you know, I mentioned on Sunday, it's probably going to become a bit harder to bet on the Memphis Grizzlies than it used to with John Morant out. And especially it was already likely hard to bet on the Grizzlies with how night and day they'd been, Jekyll and Hyde they had been when it comes to their performances. But in general, if you're someone that likes to bet when it comes to sports, there's no better place to go than betonline.ag, a new and improved website. When it comes to BetOnline, it gives you every opportunity to make the most of your betting and waging experiences. If you go via your laptop or mobile device right now to betonline.ag, you actually can get a 50% welcome bonus by using the promo code locked on. That's using the promo code locked on. Whether it be football, hockey, basketball, whatever you might choose to bet on, BetOnline has a lot of opportunities for you to do exactly that. Make sure you go to betonline.ag today and make the most of your betting experience. Again, on tomorrow's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast, we'll dive deep into what worked against the Raptors. Can the Grizzlies do the same things that allowed for them to have an impressive victory against the Kings to get a victory tonight against the Raptors? We'll recap that, plus go in detail about a very important start to the month of December for the Grizzlies when it comes to their outlook for the rest of the season. So yes, the Grizzlies are headed to Canada for the first time in quite a while to face off against the Toronto Raptors in Toronto. And of course, as many remember, it shouldn't be hard because the night before Thanksgiving, the Grizzlies did face off against the Toronto Raptors. And it absolutely was a tale of two halves for the Grizzlies. In the first half, the Grizzlies had one of their best offensive performances of the season. They led 71-59 to at halftime. But in the second half of the game, the Grizzlies completely, completely fell apart. Jaron Jackson Jr. got into a bit of foul trouble after having an outstanding start to the game. He only had two shot attempts. No Grizzlies players could consistently get going, and the Raptors could not be stopped. Shooting the ball from three, different players stepping up to be the best player on the court at all times. The Grizzlies had no answer. 67 Second half points for the Raptors. They outscored the Grizzlies by 25 in the second half and won the game 126-113. And I'm going to be a bit more interested in this game because it cost me, you know, my dignity. If you went to Twitter yesterday and you saw I had to sit here and do an ode to the Toronto Raptors on behalf of our guest last week, Espandiard Barahini, I had to sit there and embarrass myself by doing a rap on the Raptors. I don't want to have to do that again. All joking aside, the big key for the Grizzlies is simply this. Play like you've done in the first half against the Raptors and against the Kings. Now, much easier said than done. I do agree. But the Grizzlies have proof they can do what they need to do if they simply will do it. And I don't mean to make this facetious, but the Grizzlies have complete have the complete ability to do what they need to do against the Raptors to get the job done. Because the Grizzlies are going to have the ability to score in the paint. They're going to have the ability to be able to pass the basketball and find smart shot opportunities. And if the Grizzlies can stay consistent and give a full 48-minute effort to try to run the, the Raptors 
off the three-point line like they did against the Kings, that's going to be a big, big benefit. Because in that second half of the game against the Raptors, two big reasons why the Grizzlies were not able to close out the game, why they could not stop the Raptors, is the Raptors consistently found good looks from three, and they also had the best player on the court at all times. Again, in that third quarter of the game, Precious Chichua had 17 points in the third quarter. You would have never expected that. Gary Trent Jr. could not be stopped from three. He scored 17 points of his own in the first seven minutes of the fourth quarter. And then Fred Van Fleet took over and was able to close out the game. That's the big thing for the Grizzlies in this game. They've got to be able to defend the three. They've got to take care of the basketball. And they've got to make sure that unlikely sources don't step up and take over the game like Precious Achua and Gary Trent Jr. did on um, um, last Wednesday. Now, Gary Trent Jr. is questionable for the game tomorrow. OG Ananobi will likely not be available, and also Kim Birch will be out. So if, if Gary Trent Jr. were to be out for the Raptors, that certainly could benefit the Grizzlies. But the key for the Grizzlies also is this. Just like you saw the Raptors, Step up. You saw unexpected sources for the for the Raptors last Wednesday step up and become the best player on the court for significant stretches of the game. That's exactly what the Grizzlies needed to do, need to do themselves. In the first half of the game against the Raptors, it was Jaron Jackson Jr. who stepped up and was the best player for a good stretch of time against Toronto. That's what Memphis needs to do in both the first and second half of this game. Whether it be um, Jaron Jackson Jr., whether it be Desmond Bain or Dylan Brooks, perhaps a combination of DeAnthony Melton and Brandon Clark for short stretches like against the Kings. If the Grizzlies can have, um, can have multiple stretches where they have the best player on the court, that really could benefit Memphis in terms of being able to get this win. And they should be able to do it. If the one other thing that really helped Toronto out was that they were able to limit the advantages the Grizzlies had in terms of points off of turnovers, fast break points, and points in the paint. If the Grizzlies can create the ability to be able to find their shot early in the paint and then from that use it to be able to find high percentage looks from three, that'll certainly be a great start as well. But those are the big keys for Memphis. It's this time around, they need to be, they need to be the team that has unexpected sources step up and be the best players on the court, whether it be Bain, Dylan, Melton, uh, Brandon Clark, another big game from Jaron Jackson Jr. We know that Jaron Jackson can certainly find success against this Raptors team with how well he played in the first half. Now the key is to feature him both in the first and the second half and give him the chance to be the best player on the court. But the Grizzlies also have to defend the three. They're going to have to make sure that they do not give the Raptors too many opportunities to get out in transition because that's another big way that the Raptors were able to come back in the second half of that game is that the Grizzlies went, I believe, about a five or ten or about five or six minute stretch towards the latter end of the third quarter where they just could not take care of the basketball. Fred Van Fleet got out in the open court. Scotty Barnes got out in the open court, and they were able to close the gap against the Grizzlies. So taking care of the basketball, making sure that they defend the three-point line well, and preventing unlikely sources on the Raptors from stepping up and having big games are going to be the key for the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies definitely can win this game. And just think of how positive it would be. Just think of how much of a confidence booster it would be for the Grizzlies to be able to get a bit of revenge against the Raptors from last Wednesday, but also 
win their first two games and their first game on the road without John Morant. That certainly would be a big confidence boost to end November on a positive note to get a good start into a very, very important stretch of games at the beginning of December. So it certainly is very possible the Grizzlies will be able to get their win tonight. They'll need to play like they did against Sacramento to make that happen. But the Grizzlies know from that first half last Wednesday against the Raptors, they're fully capable of doing exactly that. Can't thank you enough for joining us here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Again, you can find me at StatsSAC, the show at Locked on Grizz, the podcast free wherever it's available. Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app. Make sure after your first listen of the day, which is right here at Locked on Grizzlies, your second listen of the day is Locked on Fantasy Basketball, the number one fantasy basketball source in the world with host Josh Lloyd. Make sure to check that out as your second listen of the day. My name's Sean Coleman. It's a pleasure to be with you. We'll be back with you tomorrow recapping this game and looking forward to the December schedule here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Have an outstanding end of November.